Welcome back, Brewer fans, to podcast number 58 of the Brew Crew Review. I'm your host today, Vince Travato, joined on the set by Mr. Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you today? Uh, doing great. Hey, everybody. Uh, glad, to, glad to hear that uh, you've made it tonight, Scott. We are missing our uh, fellow co-host, Craig Mueller, who is at a family function this evening. Do we know where our other co-host, Chad Collins, might be tonight, uh, Scotty? Um, I am not 100% sure. Um, I, I really don't even have a he, – he didn't really give me any kind of a reason this time. Uh, he might be, I don't know, maybe possibly betting on spring training games. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sounds about right. I know that he's uh, had a variety of excuses as to why he's not been here for the last, well, year of the podcast. But um, in any event, we're hoping he comes out one of these weeks. But, Scott, glad you could join us tonight uh, here on the set. We're going to talk some baseball and as our, our – Long-time listeners know we've uh, spent a lot of our podcast time the last couple, the last month or so um, interviewing former Milwaukee Brewers. We've had former Brewers pitcher David Tember and former Brewers outfielder Pete Zocalillo as, as uh, recent guests on the show. And before that, we've had um, author Chris Dantow, who is uh, soon to publish a book on the Brewers. But want to get back to talking some actual Brewers baseball um, with you tonight here, Scott. So we're about halfway through uh, spring training at this point, and um, you know, the Brewers, I don't think the record matters so much in uh, spring training, but um, obviously Craig Council and the team is, you know, they're working through some, some, some questions that every team has coming into spring training, which is, you know, uh, who are going to be your starters, who's going to be in your rotation, who's going to be in your bullpen, who's going to make the team. Um, you know, from my perspective, it seems like the Brewers have less of these questions than some other clubs uh, coming off of a very successful NL Central winning 2018 season. Um, you know, means that the team is pretty well solidified. We didn't really have too many losses uh, this offseason in terms of free agency or trade um, outside of Brockton and Santana and others we've already discussed. But um, I think one area of question is the starting rotation. And Scott, love to get your thoughts on where you think the starting rotation is going to end up. We've got, you know, seven or eight guys, if you count Jimmy Nelson, who are vying for the starting rotation. Obviously, it's going to be five spots at the end of the day. Um, where do you see the starting rotation shaking out uh, as of this taping here in, in early March? Well, um, you, you know, you would think, you would really hope, I guess, that uh, we would know at this point who it's going to be, uh, but we really don't. And so uh, it makes it a little bit harder to guess at this point. But um, having said that, I'm actually uh, of the belief that I, I don't think that Jimmy Nelson is going to start the year in the rotation um, I just think that we're probably going to try to limit his innings a little bit this year because he is now, you know, over a year removed uh, from baseball. And so, um, you know, we don't want to have him pile on 200 innings when he threw zero last year. So I, that's just my thought. I don't, I don't know. But um, it looks like right now, uh, Jolie Chassin is going to wind up being our, uh, our ace, I guess. And then after that, I kind of wonder what is going to happen to Chase Anderson. I think he's going to start the year in the rotation, uh, but I think uh, he's going to he's going to have to prove. I mean, this is the guy that was left off our our roster in the playoffs, so I mean, um, he's got a lot to prove. And then after that, uh, it's going to be some combination of I guess either Davies, Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta, and I think. Well, obviously, three of the four of them are going to have to make it. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but um, one other thing I did want to point out, unfortunately, we did have our first uh, spring training casualty, and it was kind of a big one, actually. Uh, Bobby Wall is out for the year yep. after tearing his ACL. Uh, he was the guy that we just acquired uh, with uh, Keon Broxton trade, and this guy, right. you know, nobody's really heard of him. But uh, I can tell you this, the guy was a strikeout machine, power pitcher, and I thought he was going to be like kind of that unsung hero uh, going into the year. And to lose him early, we lose some of that depth at the back end of the bullpen. Uh, makes me wonder if potentially they could say, uh, well, hey, uh, Woodruff or Burns, if one of you doesn't make the rotation, you know, you're going to be at the back end of our bullpen. I guess that's possible, but... I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, Scotty, you bring up some good points. I know in journalism school, they, they you know, teach you to disagree with your host just to create conversation, but I agree with most, with most of what you said. I, so Wall's injury to me is a, is a pretty big deal. I know that some uh, others, including our colleague Tom Audricourt, were stating that 
you know, they don't necessarily think that, that Bobby Wall is going to make the ropes, uh, the bullpen or make the big league roster out of spring training. I tend to disagree. I think that um, David Stern viewed him as being a key bullpen piece to kind of pair with uh, some of the guys that we already have in the back end of the pen. And he profiles it as like the perfect David Stern bullpen type of guy. So I do think his loss is, is a little bit much, um, you know, this early on in the year. I know that Craig Council and others have talked about the Brewers' depth, and I think that that's, um, you know, a good word for, for the Brewers' overall game plan. But um, I do think this, this injury hurts a little bit. Now, Walla, to, you know, his, to his uh, credit, has talked about being able to come back in September. I don't know how likely that is medically, so – um, we'll see about that. But I, I know that the Brewers can definitely not count on him for a significant portion of the season at best case scenario. Um, well, you, I, mean, you also rate- I, I was going to ask, have you ever heard of, um, of any, um, anyone like any kind of major league player being able to come back um, in the middle of a season when they sustained an, an ACL injury and come back that year? I mean, that's unheard of. I've only, I can only think of one off the top of my head. Uh, Giovanni Gerardo, right? Yeah. 2008. Is that the uh, one you're thinking of? Yeah. That's the yep, one. Yep. I remember yes. that as well. Yes. <laughs> so it could happen. You never know. Um, yes, exactly. But no, the chances are, are, are not good. I do think um, you do raise another really, really interesting point for the Brewers. We've got, you know, it's essentially a veteran team. Uh, again, 2018 National League Central Division winners, uh, playoffs postseason experience, but they're coming into the year with a lot of question marks in the rotation, including three young guys. So I'd love to hear your prognosis between those three guys, like uh, Freddie Peralta, uh, Brandon Woodruff, and Corbin Burns. Now, last year, Burns pitched out of the pen a lot. Uh, Peralta spent a you know, chunk of the year in AAA and then another chunk in the big leagues. And then Brandon Woodruff. And um, just to throw it out there for discussion, I – if I'm Craig Council and I'm looking at the starting rotation, I got five slots to fill, and um, I've just had an injury in the bullpen. I'm looking at a guy like Brandon Woodruff and saying, you know what, this guy has got a lot of, um, well, he's got really good stuff in terms of his velocity and um, you know some of his raw talent. His numbers in the minor leagues were outstanding for most of his tenure uh, in the Brewers system, and. He struggled a little bit as a starter uh, when he was brought up to the big leagues in 2017. I. I view a guy like Woodruff because of his September and postseason success is, is actually being a much bigger component in the bullpen than is currently being discussed by others in the media. I, so I, I see Woodruff as being that kind of power arm that um, can pair with Knable and Jeffers and, um, you know, uh, Josh Hader and others in the back end of the bullpen to really create a formidable, you know, sixth through ninth innings for the Brewers. How do you feel about Brandon Woodruff and, um, then we can get to the other guys. Let's talk about Woodruff first and, and whether or not you see him as a starter or, or as a reliever going forward. Well, I think he's the guy, if anybody um, – I mean, of the three anyway, it seems like um, Peralta – I guess with Peralta and Burns probably have a leg up on him as far as being able to um, take over those rotation spots. Uh, Woodruff has proven to be absolutely dominant. So is Burns for that matter. But it sounds like the plan all along was uh, they wanted Burns in the rotation uh, to start this year. So I, I don't think that they're going to deviate from that plan. And I think Woodruff will be the guy who winds up going to the bullpen. Um, I also want to point out that, as you were saying, we need those dominant arms there. And, and Woodruff proved at the end of last year that he could be that. Um, but the other thing that we also have to look at is uh, not only did we lose uh, Bobby Wall, but Jeremy Jeffers basically has been a no-show so far in, in spring training. Like he he hasn't pitched because uh, he's got some you know like shoulder ailment that we hope is nothing major. It doesn't sound like it is, but they're you know taking their time with him and bringing him along a little bit gingerly, and that's fine. It's spring training. The last thing we want to do is lose another key component to the back end of that bullpen. I mean, Jeffers was absolutely dominant last year as a closer. Um, and that's going to be hard to replace. So uh, to be able to bring um, a guy like Woodruff or to have the, the capability of moving a guy like Woodruff to the back end of that pen uh, is just huge for this team. Uh, yeah, no, you make a lot of really good points, and I was going to bring up the Jeffers injury later on in the podcast, but let's talk about that now a little bit too. It, 
it's one of those weird things, you know, guys uh, like Jeffers who are power arms and they throw a lot of innings like he did last year. There's always that risk of future injury. And, you know, if you remember correctly, 2018 ended for Jeffers in a weird fashion as well. He did pitch against the Dodgers um, in the NLCS, but he also had, um, you know, missed a little bit of the postseason or the game 163 at least against Chicago with some sort of weird injury as well. And I just am wondering, and he didn't pitch well against the Dodgers, if you, you know, if you remember the postseason last year. And he, he, I hope he's not suffering from something more serious than is being let on. And, um, you know, right now the team is just saying shoulder discomfort, something very general, something very broad. But it happened so early on in his spring that it would be weird that it would have happened, you know, without um, – you know, much game action. So I'm just kind of wondering what's going on with Jeffers and if this isn't more serious, then maybe the team is letting on. I, I sure hope that I'm wrong and just, you know, speculating about nothing right now. Yeah. I, I think that it's easy to come to that conclusion. And I think that um, if last year, um, last year's struggles in the sort of mystery injury along with this year's shoulder injury, if the two of those are indeed the same injury and, or correlated in any way, then we should all be really worried because that is bad. Uh, I'm hoping uh, that it's completely unrelated and that, you know, we're going to talk about this next week and he's going to be out there striking people out like he always does. And we'll just be like, Oh yeah, I remember when we were worried about Jeffers and it's not going to be a big deal. But um, for now, anyway, I, I definitely a cause for concern. Yeah. And I think especially because of his pitching style, again, he's a power guy. He strikes out a lot of batters. He throws hard. He's a guy that comes in and, God, last year he was so dominant when he pitched uh, out of the back end of the bullpen and, and was able to step in for Knable for a time when, uh, you know, Corey struggled for a couple of months in July and August. And, I, you know, I just, I just hope, again, that we're, we're overanalyzing this. It's nothing serious. The Brewers are just being careful with the guy in spring training because these games don't matter. And, you know, Jeffers uh, is going to be able to, to regain his role uh, at the back end of that pen in such a dominant way like he did last season. But, um you're right. Time will tell. Um, hopefully, again, you're, <laughs> you're 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 correct in saying that next week we're going to be laughing about this, or you know, not worried about it at least, and and that it's nothing. But um, you know, I think at the, in the short term, at least, it is cause for a little bit of concern. Um, you know, uh, Corey Cable had an up and down year last year, so we're counting on him this year to be a really big part of our bullpen. I think he's certainly got the talent to do so, but you always want to have those pieces. Um, you know, because if Jeffers is out and Knable's a little up and down, we're one injury away to Josh Hader to having a ton of question marks in the back in that pen. So we really need to make sure that these guys are as healthy as possible. And, you know, oversimplifying it goes without saying, but, you know, injuries can really make or break your season. And um, because the Brewers rely so much on their bullpen, unlike some other teams that have a really good starting rotation and, um, you know, kind of, kind of use a bullpen in a more traditional fashion, the Brewers are designed to have a great pen and to not rely on their starters as much as other teams do. So I think it would be especially bad for a team like Milwaukee. Yeah. And when you look at, uh, it's so funny because um, this year, like we, you know, have these like little debates that make absolutely no sense. Like, oh, are we going to get a, a Dallas Keigel or are we, or are we going to go after Craig Kimball or which one would you rather have on this team? And um, you know, Dallas is, is a good two or three maybe starter like he, he's good that's that's awesome um i don't necessarily want to pay a lot of money for him and kimbrell is an absolutely dominant reliever and it's like which one is more value because dallas is going to give you twice as many innings but kimbrell is going to be a lot more dominant and like when you look at i guess what we accomplished last year we did it basically without an ace um you know we had a bunch of like I guess I'll just say average starters. I mean, nobody was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Miley was, was very good. Chessine was very, very good also. Like, they did great. Miley's gone now. Yeah. And we're like, hey, um, this is the way we're set up. We don't need an ace. We don't even need, like, pitchers to go deep into games. Like, it just doesn't matter. We're going to have this dominant bullpen, and they're going to take care of it too. And that's how our pitching is going to work. And it obviously worked incredibly well last year. So – um, we have to, I guess, kind of hope that it works again this year. 
Right. And I know that we lost Craig's favorite, uh, Wade Miley, but you know, you, so we're looking at the guys that are currently there. And like I said, it's eight guys, uh, vying for five spots right now. So, you know, Zach Davies had a injury filled up and down year last year. Chase Anderson was not nearly as good in 2018 as he was in 2017. So he's a bit of a wild card. We've got three young guys. Um, and then we've got Josh Tomlin, uh, you know, some have speculated that Josh Tomlin is sort of like this year's Wade Miley, a veteran who's brought in on a you know a short-term contract that might be able to 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 fit in well in Milwaukee. What do you see um, Josh Tomlin's role, if any, being on the 2019 Brewers? Um, I think right now he's just a good depth piece. I I should probably actually look at his contract and see if anything's guaranteed. I I thought. Uh, he doesn't have to be on the major league roster, does he? I mean, I don't know. He's a veteran, though. I I should probably I don't know this. Think so. I, I I don't think that there. Well, have your intern uh, Clarissa look that up. I don't think that there was um, anything in his contract that stipulated that he had to be in the major leagues by a, a certain day. I could be wrong on that. Maybe there was an opt out clause by, you know, a lot of those veteran guys. It's like May first. There's an opt out clause, but I don't I don't really know. So if Tomlin, um, you know, has that in his contract, I guess I wouldn't even view that as being a. a a huge factor one way or the other, you know, if he's performing well, he's going to pitch. If he's not, he's going to be in triple A or gone. So um, I don't view that as necessarily being a, a huge deal either way. He did have a, um, a pretty rough debut in spring training. Uh, he gave up, I think three home runs and the first uh, inning and a half of, of work that he had, but he did settle down. And then his last outing, uh, he, he actually pitched fairly well. So um, he had a rough year with Cleveland last year, but he does have a track record of success. I'm just wondering if you think that maybe, Tomlin might have a, a role on this team uh, you know, going forward. So, okay, so it, it was indeed a minor league contract. Uh, he did get an invite to spring training, obviously, but um, I, I just think that this is um, something that Stearns does very well, and that's that he gets those depth pieces and makes it so that if people are hurt or something happens, that we have a capable, ready backup that's going to be able to step in. And I think that that's happened too many times, I guess, in the past with the Brewers where we just, you know, unfortunately uh, just didn't have the depth. And I think that he's really made that uh, focal point uh, to uh, his tenure here, and it's worked out incredibly well. Right. Well, and that, that certainly was the case last year with Miley. And, you know, he's done that with a, a few other guys. And one guy that he did that with that is still around is Junior Guerra. What do you see as Junior Guerra's role on the uh, 2019 team? Um, I think that Guerra is in all likelihood going to be – now this is really funny because I think, oh, he's going to be the long man. Did the Brewers really even have a long man in their bullpen anymore? I mean, I guess. Uh, I, who was it last year? Possibly Woodruff at a time for a while? I yeah, I mean, in September, in September it was Woodruff for sure, but that was, you know, you're right. That was after rosters expanded. So, you know, it's not necessarily a given that you'd have a guy like that in your pen carrying a roster spot starting on opening day either. Um, so, Guerra, Guerra was also that guy for a while last year, but that's only because he struggled with the starting rotation and he had some injuries that he was battling with um, last year. But, you know, that's another guy that had some success, uh, you know, with the Brewers in the past. In 2016, the guy was lights out. Um, you know, 2017, he was injured on opening day and had some injuries, but came back and pitched fairly well at times. Um, so a guy like Garrett to me is a question mark. I do think that there is a, a role for him in the pen if he wants it, but there's an outside chance he could make the rotation if guys like Davies or Anderson struggle again as well. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I mean, if I had to put money on it now, I'd say that he winds up in middle relief, um, kind of a little bit of an innings eater and uh, depending on, I guess, the, how people pitch, just like you said, within the rotation, he could get bumped up there. Or uh, if he pitches really well and we continue to have issues um, with injuries in the bullpen, then he could have a, you know, a little bit more significant role there. So it's, it's really just going to come down to how he pitches and he'll get a more significant role if he pitches well. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the rotation – again has a lot of question marks it's also got a lot of potential which you know is one aspect that doesn't get talked about as much because Trini Peralta was a guy that at times was utterly dominant last year you you remember the game against the Rockies he played an outstanding game against the Cardinals um, he's a young guy with a live arm so you know you're, you're talking about guys who've had success in the minor leagues at worst so I don't necessarily think that the Brewers rotation 
is as bad as some are saying. Um, but again, a lot of question marks. It's just sort of a, an unknown factor as to how, you know, maybe two or three, uh, you know, very young pitchers are going to perform, um, you know, in a potentially playoff caliber rotation. Yeah. And I mean, just a reminder to folks out there that he was uh, one of three basically lottery tickets, uh, Freddie Peralta, that uh, Stearns acquired for Adam Lind. So that's, that's right. I know our, I know our executive Bruce Craig really hated the Lind trade, but there was a lot to be said for, you know, acquiring a guy like Peralta and, and taking a flyer, you know, during some years at the Brewers were not going to be good anyway. It made a lot of sense that looking back at it in retrospect for, for Stearns to pick up some young, young pitching like Peralta. And, and this year it could be, uh, it could be very interesting for, for him. I think that this is really a crucial year for him actually to, to step into a team uh, in its rotation at the beginning of the year uh, presents a lot of opportunity for a guy like that. Yeah. And I mean, when we picked up Peralta, he was only 19. So, I mean, it, it was just really, really hard to project. And I think that's, um, I mean, obviously, you know, if he would have been 21 or 22 or something like that at the time, um, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe people knew a little bit more about what he, what he was all about. He had more of an established track record. Uh, maybe Stearns isn't able to actually, you know, make that deal happen. But instead, uh, took a flyer on him at a very young age, and so far it's really worked out. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. Uh, Scott, do you, do you see anybody um... – kind of coming out of nowhere to make this team or this roster? Or do you think the most of the, uh, the battles are kind of already, already secured and won, uh, you know, not counting injuries, but, you know, let's look at the roster today. And, and where do you think that we might see some surprises with uh, the Brewers 25 man roster going into opening day? Man. Um, I don't know. I, it seems like every year, like that's always a great question. And this year more than ever, I feel like, um, things are, are pretty well solidified that I, I don't necessarily see um, some dark horse coming out and, and being able to make it. I mean, it seems like anybody at this point, I mean, what, what's the closest thing to a dark horse? Um, maybe Spangenberg? Um, right. Yeah. Like if I had to handicap it, I, I would say that there's a battle between Saladino and Spangenberg to a degree. Um, Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is just me talking. I, I, but I think that those two are kind of in a battle for a roster spot. I do think that Ben Gamble makes the team. Um, I think Thames obviously makes the team, even though he wasn't on the postseason roster. Um, you know, I guess the question becomes, do you go with a 12-man pitching staff or a 13-man pitching staff as in some other years? I think the Brewers end up with, with 12 guys uh, on the pitching staff. And then uh, Ernan Perez makes it again as the kind of utility man guy who can play a ton of different positions. Um, you know, but again, I, I can't remember a team in recent Brewers history, at least, that has had so few question marks going into opening day. It just seems like we, again, not losing anybody really um, outside of some of our, our trade deadline acquisitions. It seems like the Brewers are more set uh, in terms of roster construction in 2019 than in you know, any year in, in recent memory. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I kind of think that he's going to make the roster, but I guess if we want to talk dark horse, maybe Jake Patrika. I mean, I, I, he's, he's had a good spring so far. Um, but I, I guess I kind of thought he was sort of a fringe, whether or not he was going to make it. And so far he hasn't done anything to, um, uh, to, you know, get himself off the roster. So, you know, hopefully uh, maybe he'll be the dark horse. Right. And we, th we think that, you know, Claudio, I think, is a lock to make the team as a lefty out of the bullpen. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think we, we definitely need a situational lefty back there. Um, I mean, I know Hayter's lefty, but he's not, he's, not a, he's not a loogie, so. Right. Yeah, and Claudio's got the big league track record as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Claudio's a lock. Um, I think one other interesting – um, positional battle is going to be a catcher. So we've got, you know, Grandal obviously was our big free agent acquisition in the offseason. We've still got Manny Pena and Eric Kratz. And obviously, you know, most pundits would say that Manny Pena is going to be the guy to be the backup catcher. Do you see any possibility for Eric Kratz to make this team? And, um, you know, if not, I guess, what do you think that, you know, it lies in Kratz's future? I, I don't see us carrying three catchers. So let's just start with that. And then 
Uh, I think that the only way that Kratz makes this team is injury or if we traded Pena. Um, the other thing, when you mentioned Thames before, I think that Thames and Pena are the two most likely, I guess, bigger name candidates to be traded before opening day. And, um, yeah, so I, I think that's the only way that Kratz makes the roster. And if he doesn't, I don't know that Kratz – I mean, at this point, he's, what, 40, something like that? Um, so I, yeah, I don't know that, that – um, if, if we're not going to give him a shot – and somebody wants him in the majors, I think it's probably the right thing to do, even if you trade him for next to nothing, which is essentially what the Yankees did for us last year with him. So I don't know. I guess I, guess I would say that that might be an option. Otherwise, you know, he's proven to be like a, just a real class act and knows his stuff. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he – um, I, I mean, I'd love to see him coaching somewhere within the Brewers organization if that's something that he wanted to do. But it seems like, you know, he still has some baseball left in him. And um, hopefully he'll be able to play in the majors somehow with the Brewers. I, I just don't see how it's going to happen this year. And, and this might be his last run. Yeah, and I think that given his contractual status, that he would have to actually accept a minor league contract or a minor league assignment. So. I don't necessarily know how, how you know, uh, logical that is either. I, I had at one point, uh, you know, within the last week after the Royals, Salvador Perez was injured, thought maybe he could be a trade chip to Kansas City, but then they ended up signing former Brewer uh, Martin Maldonado. So I don't know that that's necessarily a destination, but, there, you know, there's still a few weeks of spring training left. There's definitely a possibility for injuries, especially at the catcher position, or, um, you know, maybe Kratz does get a chance to, to go down to AAA with the Brewers and then, uh, does what happened last year, which is he gets called up and he's sick uh, after injuries or other guys like Jeff Bandy didn't play well last year. He took advantage of his opportunity. Vince, is everything okay there? I was a little worried. I don't know. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that you could hear that. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually talking to you from the uh, rooftop deck of my apartment complex, and it is, uh, it's overlooking that stadium. Which, uh, for those of you that know Washington D.C., know that. Um, it's now a good neighborhood, but uh, it's on the way to some not so good neighborhoods. So there are some sirens occasionally. So sorry about that, uh, listeners in West Dallas and around the state of Wisconsin. Apologies. No, that's okay. We were just worried about you know, cumulatively, we were all worried about your safety, and I'm glad to hear that um, <laughs> that the sirens have I, nothing I, to do with any of your actions. I, I tried to hit the mute button, but uh, it did not happen in time for me to finish my sentence. So sorry about that. <laughs> nah, I thought it'd be better if I just called it out. I thought it'd be funnier anyway. Actually, yeah, I don't no, know if you, you can hear it, but really the alarm well. over here um, went off uh, about two minutes before that. So I don't know if the... Uh... <laughs> well, that's, the, that's, that's good. And uh, Scott, you still have to come out and visit Washington, D.C., by the way, for the uh, maybe the brewers Net series in uh, August would be a potential fit. Uh, it's definitely a possibility. Um, I know we've been talking about some other potential things uh, that might happen. Um, Trying to see what we could do that's, you know, going to benefit our fans the most. Um, I, I don't know. It sounds like uh, we unfortunately did not get um, field or dugout passes for, uh, for spring training this year. Um, we were actually also hoping to get a little bit of a tour of the, the new facilities in Maryvale, which um, – uh, unfortunately did not happen either, but, um, you know, I mean, uh, we, we have taken a hiatus, so it's going to take a little bit to get our popularity back. So I'm sure eventually they'll come crawling back asking us to give them some free press. It's, it's either that, it's either that, or we did not take a long enough hiatus. I know that, uh, there were some concerns with, uh, your drinking in the uh, press box in Nashville during the Nashville sounds days for the brewers. There was also some issues with Chad in the locker room, uh, with, uh, with a, with a few things, a number of things actually. So I don't know if the Brewers still remember that, but um, it may be prohibiting us from ever getting press passes. Uh, actually, so um, it, it is see, what it is. You know, we're we should see if Craig can show. put up the um, Hideki Matsui interview. I think that was a really good interview by Chad. Uh, that although that may have been one of the reasons why, unfortunately, we did not get our passes back. But we'll we'll see. It's. It's a, you know we would get them in Japan and it was a whammy award winning interview at the end of the day so it's it's nothing that we should be ashamed of but um, yeah absolutely we also may want to call did you talk to our anonymous source Tom Carter about the uh, press pass issue oh um, 
You know, I I did not. Um, I did text him, and he just wrote. I don't know if he accidentally was hitting the wrong two buttons or or something like that, but he like or if he had some kind of a problem with his phone. Because all I got was I I don't know if it was like one zero one zero. It was something, but it looked like or like l o l o l o l o something like that. I don't know, but whatever it was, he. I don't know if there was an issue with this phone or what. Also, I think, um, you know, I, I, I don't know why. I, this never occurred to me. Um, first, Tom, Tom Carter, um, he, he has said that he doesn't, he, he wants to be our anonymous source, but he wants to be anonymous also. So we shouldn't say his name. Huh. But I just thought of this. Like, this is a podcast. It's not like, you know, it's not live. We're taping it. So we'll just have Craig edit it out every week. So Craig... You're going to hear this. Right. Just edit out Tom Carter's name and we're good. Yeah, you could call him Tom C or T Carter. Just kind of bleep it out like we do when Craig swears too much. And then um, that should be fine. So if you say Tom Carter, just expect that in the podcast it'll be Tom C or T Carter, but not Tom Carter because he's anonymous. That makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, we go through these episodes with a fine-tooth comb as far as editing. So it should be very easy, quick fix. <laughs> So, so, Scott, are uh, what are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's transition now away from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, and talk about uh, 2019 a little bit more. What are you most excited about for the Brewers uh, in 2019? What are you looking forward to, or 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 even what are some of your concerns? Um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to winning the division in 162 games. Um, that's kind of a good thing. Uh, but as far as concerns, I mean. I guess I'm worried that uh, we did go through a spell. I want to say it was in kind of the end of July, early August, where uh, the team got in a, a little bit of a funk, and Hayner and Jeffers went through like a like a two week stretch where they were very sparingly used. And um, I, I guess I just feel like if our starting rotation this year doesn't get to the bullpen with the lead. Like if they, if we don't have the lead in the fifth inning, um, you know, we're not, we're not bringing out any of the big guns in our bullpen and we're probably going to lose. So uh, we did such a great job of playing with the lead, even if it was just a one run lead, um, you know, going into the fifth, sixth inning uh, that it just made everything kind of come together for this team. And we were able to lock those down as wins. Uh, we had, just a great job with one run victories last year. But um, yeah, if, if they're not able to do that this year, um, then, you know, guys like Hayner aren't going to be used as much. And that's, that's not a good thing. Anytime you're, you know, some of your best players aren't used a lot. It's never good. No, you're, you're, you're right on. And um, you know, we have to hope that a lot of things go right. I do think the addition of grand is going to be big for this team. I know that, um, you know, we've talked about it a bit on, on previous podcasts, but, you know, this is a guy that is definitely one of the best catchers in the National League. So I do think that adding him to the team makes a, a pretty big difference. And we didn't see a ton of production out of our catching position last year um, between Pena and Kratz and Bandy and Nottingham. And um, I do think that that stability at that position, barring injury, is going to be a, a pretty big difference maker for the team this year. And, and just as another, uh, you know, kind of cog in our lineup that, uh, is far from a guaranteed out. I mean, in fact, it's quite the reverse. He's a guy that you expect is going to be able to hit, you know, at least 250, 260 with a ton of power for the position. Yeah, I just realized when I finished, you know, talking that, I mean, you said, like, what did I look forward to? And I, I is this like Brewer fan mentality here? Like, I started off so positive and then I ended like, oh, by the way, everything <laughs> could fall apart like a house of cards. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think I, I think I was banned from that site a while ago, so I don't really know. But um, I think Craig still posts under an assumed name, uh, assumed name. So I, I don't. <laughs> you have to ask Craig. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just like it seemed like I was started off so positive, and then it just you know fell apart so quickly. And it was like, well, wait a second. No, you asked me what what could be positive. Like, okay, so the things that I'm really looking forward to, I want to see. Um, I want to see how Christian Yelich um, responds from his MVP season. Like, is, is he going to be able to, like, replicate something like that? I mean, it, 
it's going to be very difficult, but I think if anyone could do it, he can. Um, so to be able to see something like that, I want to see if um, Keston Hira is a part of this team this year and if he plays uh, an, an integral, integral role uh, at second base. I want to see if Corey Ray, uh, I don't think he's going to do anything for the 2019 Major League team, but uh, this was a guy who struggled so far at just about every level and then he had a phenomenal year last year. I'm going to see if he could do that again. And is he going to wind up being in maybe in a Brewer uniform in, in 2020? Or is he going to be somebody that we trade, um, you know, at the deadline this year for maybe the last piece of the puzzle for a championship run? I don't know. I mean, there's so many things to look forward to. Um, seeing, you know, just seeing Josh Hader come out again out of the bullpen. Uh, hopefully seeing uh, a totally healthy Jeremy Jeffers come out and lock it down. I mean, his season was so dominant last year. Um, seeing hopefully a full season of Corey Knable being dominant again. Um, there's so many things that it's just, it's just, it's time for baseball again. And I'm, I'm really happy that we're almost there. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%, and I, I'm excited for those things, too. I do think that Corey Ray may um, be a September call-up, if not before, but um, if he's called up before, that probably means that there's an injury, so that wouldn't necessarily be a good thing. But um, I certainly think that we, we might see Hira and Dubon and Corey Ray and maybe Tyrone Taylor and guys like that up in the big leagues at some point in 2019 as well. But, um, yeah, Scott, I'm, I'm with you on all those factors. I'm excited to see um, – Again, Grandal in a Brewers uniform. I'm excited to see if Aguiar can repeat uh, some of his success from last year, especially in the uh, first half. I'm excited to see Lorenzo Cain have another great year in the Brewers outfield. Um, excited to see in a weird way what Ben Gamble can do. And I know he's not a guy that we're necessarily talking about a lot, but I do think that he brings a different type of game to the uh, Brewers outfield picture, a guy who plays great defense, a guy who's um, got a cannon for an arm, a guy who gets on base a lot. Kind of excited for that. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of things to be excited about. Mike Moustakas being with the Brewers from opening day on, I think, is exciting. I, I do think that you're going to see his numbers uh, at Miller Park kind of reflect the fact that it's a left-hand hitter's park. Um, you know, being with the team for a full year will allow him to do that. I'm excited to see Travis Shaw um, continue to, to be one of the best third basemen in the National League. So I, I think there's a lot of excitement. Um, and the other guy that we haven't really t- talked about much is Orlando Arcia. I think that Arcia had an off year last year offensively for sure. He was sent down to the minor leagues, uh, I think, twice during the year. Um, but Arcia is a guy that, to me, has been you know incredibly solid defensively, obviously. But I think he can make some strides this year with the bat. And, boy, if he steps up and can hit even just decently uh, in that number eight spot in the lineup, we are talking about a lineup that one through eight is really incredibly tough. Yep, you read my mind. I actually was going to say, like, which which Orlando Arcia are we going to see? 2017 or 2018 or playoff 2018? Right. Um, <laughs> it was that was well, the well, well right, right. Um, and we 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 as fans can you know forget how young he still is. I mean, this is a guy that was called up at an incredibly young age uh, around the deadline in 2016, and you know, so now he's got a couple of years of experience in the major leagues. He's got. Um, you know, a, a, just a ton of talent. I just think that RC is a guy that a lot of people are forgetting that can still be a big part of the 2019 club. Um, any chance that uh, Mauricio Dubon uh, plays for the Brewers this year? I, I think, uh, again, it, it would bear an injury. Uh, that might be the only way, but is I don't know. Well, I guess that's I, another one. Well, Dubon is a guy who's also exciting. Now, you know, going back to the, to 2018, I know we talked about this on the podcast, but Dubon was about to get called up. You know, he was ready for his promotion. Arcia yeah. uh, wasn't playing well, and Saladino had just been sent down. I think that Dubon was literally like a day or two days away from the major leagues, uh, given the the struggles uh, at the major league level of Orlando Arcia. So I, I think that Dubon is certainly – if not in the major leagues to start the year, probably the first guy that's called up, depending on the Saladino Spangenberg situation um, in the infield. So Dubon, I think, definitely is in the mix. He will be up with the team at some point in 2019. Um, he, you know, he's recovered from his injury. Apparently, um, he missed part of spring training this year with some uh, viral uh, intestinal infection, which was and not really obviously. To, yeah, that's why it's like four or five days. But um, you know, he seems to have recovered from that, and it's not something that 
has anything to do with his injury from last season. So, you know, I think that Dubon is now healthy, reporting for duty, ready to play. And I, I, I think that there's enough hype surrounding him. Um, and he had such a great year last year until his injury that um, he will probably be up in the majors, I, I would guess, at some point uh, in the first couple of months of the year. And, you know, there's always injuries. So you, you expect that he's going to be called up for one reason or another, whether it's uh, lack of production or, or an injury at some point. Um, is it probably fair in to say, couple months. Is it fair to say that right now, just because of, you know, his injuries and not having a lot of playing time, um, do, you, do you think that he is now, I guess, uh, behind Arcias, Behingenberg, and Saladino, um, all three of those guys on the depth chart? You know, no, I don't. Because Dubon has a ton of talent. He was viewed as a prospect even when the Brewers uh, acquired him from Boston uh, in the Travis Shaw trade for Tyler Thornburg. So I think that given his pedigree, I would say that Dubon is a guy that will – not only see some playing time with the Brewers, but could easily jump ahead of a guy like a Saladino for sure. And maybe a Spangenberg um, guys like Saladino and Spangenberg with all due respect to them. And they are, you know, good ball players, but they're not guys that you are counting on necessarily to be a part of your future. They're good role players. They've got a role with the team or the organization uh, in some capacity. They can definitely provide some valuable moments for a team, but you're not looking at 2022 for instance and saying, Tyler Saladino is probably going to be with the team still. I don't think that that's in anybody's mind right. at this point. So um, a guy like Dubon, you can't say that about. I think Dubon is young enough and he's talented enough that he is part of the Brewers' conversations for future years going forward. So um, that automatically, to me, puts him a little bit above those guys uh, on the depth chart. If not yeah. for this year, then, you know, you know at, at some point soon. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Um you know, I, although, I mean, I thought, I, I don't know why, but I always thought that Hernan Perez, I, I always thought, eh, it's great that he can play a lot of positions, but he doesn't really wow me anywhere. So I'm not sure if, you know, what he has as far as a role in this team, but he's really excelled in that super sub role. And, you know, sure enough, he's starting every Sunday. So I don't know. It, it, is, kind of, it is kind of crazy. Outside of Ryan Braun, I believe that Hernan Perez is now the longest tenured Milwaukee Brewer. Isn't that crazy? Crazy, yeah. Or at least, at least Brewer position player. There may be a pitcher or two that's ahead of him. But um, outside of Ryan Braun, I believe he's the longest tenured Brewer. He started. He was with the team in 2014. Um, so, yeah, crazy to think about. Yeah. So do you think that we're going to have um, – I don't know if you remember last year's spring training, uh, all the hype surrounding uh, G-Man Choi, who uh, was then traded uh, – where did we trade him to, the Rays? Um, yeah, the Rays for uh, Brad Miller last year. Oh, yeah, that – it was great. It was awesome. <laughs> all the highlights Brad Miller gave us, but um, uh, I think he had a. I think he had a. I think he had a base hit once. That was cool. Maybe I don't know. Probably yeah. I mean, get enough at bats, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not trying to like you know bag on Brad Miller, but I I was actually where I was going with this was, um, do you see any guy like that? I mean, I think that. Thames is probably the obvious candidate for this potentially um, as a guy that winds up, you know, the numbers don't wind up working out and he winds up being, um, you know, left off the, the roster. So instead, you know, we wind up trading him uh, for something that we could actually use. Uh, do you see anybody getting well, traded uh, before opening day? Well, I see, I don't know. Uh, Thames is a hard case because he's making, you know, seven point something million dollars this year. So for us to trade him, we'd either have to eat part of his salary or our team is going to have to accept that full amount, which is a lot for a team at this point in the offseason to, to add for a guy who's not necessarily an all-star. So I, I, but here's the thing. I think that Eric Thames still has a ton of value for this team. And um, I wouldn't just trade him for anything. I, I would only trade him for some value. And I'm not just talking salary relief. I think that Thames has got, you know, left-handed power, if it's off the bench, that's fine. But to have him come up as a late-inning threat off the bench, to me, the bench has been one of the most overlooked reasons for the Brewers' success and one of the reasons for the Brewers' failure in other years. Um, when we don't have a strong bench, we don't have a strong team. So I think that we really need a guy like Thames or a left-handed power threat to be able to come up off the bench late in games to, to strike the fear of God in opposing bullpen. So I like Thames. Uh, as a brewer, I don't think that the salary is prohibitive for the brewers. I think it would be a lot, though, for another team to take on, though, at this point. Yeah, I, I, I can't really think. I mean, I guess Thames would be the obvious candidate or um, obviously Kratz, but we've already talked about that. So, yeah, I guess he's the only other one that I can think of off the top of my head. 
Yeah, I mean, unless you're going to deal from some of the brewers starting pitching depth for something of more value, but I don't know what that is at this point. So, you know, I think that if there's going to be another addition for the brewers that's a meaningful addition, um, maybe it's a guy like Kimbrell, but I, I don't know if we're maxed out payroll-wise. I don't think there's any way for us to know. Um, unless you're Mark Adonacio, I, I don't know if anyone knows. But I, I do think that the brewers are also very creative. We saw that with Stearns last year when on opening day he decided to take you know, what was it, three, four first baseman? Eric Thames, uh, Jesus Aguiar, G-Man Choi. I mean, we are not necessarily privy to what Stearns is thinking, and he surprised everybody last year with his opening day roster management. Yeah, that's definitely true. And like you said, um, the bench, um, we've always said that that our, our depth was not typically there in past years, and the bench was so, so important last year. And our depth uh, last year, I thought, was possibly could have been the deepest Brewer team ever. Um, that's not oh yeah, probably. definitely. I mean, look at look at it in September. I know that that's after rosters expand, but when you had Domingo Santana and Keon Brox and Ann Curtis Granderson on your bench, I mean, that was an incredible bench to have, uh, and Eric Thames for that matter. So I, I think that the Brewers are likely to try to carry that depth as much as possible, which is why I don't think that they're necessarily going to trade Thames. Um, could be wrong, you know, if it's the right deal, you trade anybody. But I think that um, they're going to try to maintain that depth. And I think that if we are as expected in contention at the deadline, um, that that's probably an area where we're going to see Stearns add on again, uh, you know, come July 31st, like we did, or August 31st, like we did last year with, uh, with Granderson and some of those guys. Yeah, and when your entire uh, starting rotation is typically only going, you know, five to six innings, uh, then that leaves, you know, that um, – depth uh, even more important from uh, whether it be like double switches or pinch hitting for the pitcher spot or whatever it may be um, that depth is super super important and so yeah it's yeah and, and more so for a team like Milwaukee like you pointed out more more so for a team like Milwaukee than a team that has you know an incredibly strong starting rotation or an American League team for that matter so I think that that's uh, you know one of the big differences with the Brewers and and David Stearns is cognizant of that. You know, if you're not going to go spend the money on a Dallas Keuchel, um, or you're not going to go trade for, you know, pick your starting rotation or starting pitcher that was available last year at the deadline, you're going to have to have other ways to make up for that, which is a strong bullpen and a strong bench. So um, you've, seen, you've seen Stearns, um, through his actions, say that that's where he can find value for a team with the Brewers' budget constraints, and that's what he's acted on. And I think that you're going to continue to see that model because – well, quite frankly, it's worked. Um, so until we can find value in um, acquiring a starter for uh, what Stearns is comfortable paying, either uh, monetarily or in terms of talent in a trade, that's that's probably going to be the model that's going to be replicated year in and year out in Milwaukee. Yeah, and I, I know that even last year I was talking about, well, you know, I mean, there's you really want to get some kind of a proven ace uh, for a team that's looking to deal one. I always thought Madison Bumgarner was a good pick for that. And then uh, I saw, I think it was last month, there was an article where it it was like him quoting about um, what baseball, like what, how it's shifting now between instead of starters, they're openers and they're, you know, expected to pitch less and, you know, they're going to come out and take the ball sooner. And he was like, nope, that's not, that's not right. I'm like, well, you're probably not going to fit in in Milwaukee then. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. And it was the term that, um, I think Sophia Minert and others have used is out, initial outgetters <laughs> for the for starting yeah. pitchers. I mean, it's it's going to take a while, I think, for the you know fans uh, to 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 kind of you know come to terms with that reality um, that the Brewers are, are truly doing things different. And what we don't know is if this is a long term organizational philosophy that Stearns is trying to implement, or if he's just kind of you know dealing with the cards that he's dealt in a particular season or two. But um, I do think that. You know, Stearns has been very public about saying that he's going to look for value um, and he's going to look for ways to capitalize on the Brewers' you know, financial situation. So that includes looking at ways to maybe add to the bullpen instead of the starting rotation. And um, that's probably the model, model that we're going to continue to see in 2019, given the Brewers, um, I, I wouldn't even say budget constraints, but just the way that the league values starting pitching right now. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And actually... You know, I, I'm going to throw something out there totally out of the blue, I guess. Um, when we talk about initial out-getters or openers or whatever you want to call it, um, what, like, 
when we threw Wade Miley out there in the playoffs to face exactly one batter, knowing that he was going to get pulled after that, uh, but then that we could, you know, bring on somebody else. And that way, you know, obviously the Dodgers aren't able to put out their best lineup for, um, you know, for the starter that they're facing because the starter is only facing one batter. Uh, I think that in years past, that would be called kind of Bush League. And I, I guess I wanted to know what your take is on it. I know we're really talking about a hot topic here when it was six months ago, but still wanted to know your take on it. Um, I mean, Bush League, I think, is maybe a little overused as a term. I, you know what? I mean, if you're a team and you're looking to win, you got to use every means that you can to win. So um, I guess I, first of all, I don't know if it's Bush League, but number two, I, I guess I don't really care. I mean, if it's, if it's a strategy that works, why wouldn't you use whatever you can to win to your advantage? And, um, you know, if I'm the Brewers and I'm looking at a team like the Dodgers who have a very deep uh, starting rotation, I, I would look for ways to counter that a bit, which if you have to make, uh, you know, a pitching change after, after one batter just to mess with their lineup and mess with their heads a little bit, then so be it. I mean, baseball is a game that throughout the years has always been used uh, – you know, in certain ways by certain teams, there's nothing written in stone that says that a team has to do anything. There's been countless examples over the years of teams trying to gain little little petty advantages over other teams, and I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon. So this is just the latest iteration of that. Um, so whether it's starting a guy who throws a spitball or, or, or you know, using a, a knuckleballer or, um, you know, using – Using something that just because it hasn't been tried doesn't mean that it's wrong. So I, I'm not opposed to trying it. I think that it's worth a shot, especially given what the Brewers faced uh, last year in the playoffs. So I, I think anything you can do to win is, is up for grabs. Yeah, no, I agree. I think when it first happened, I wasn't like, oh, that was brilliant. I, I, instead, my reaction was like, huh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. I guess as time comes around, I guess I would equate it to, you know, um, like you said, there's so many other little advantages that people do. Like, I mean, this is the exact same thing as, you know, positioning your outfield to a no double or a no doubles uh, defense or uh, the shift that they typically put on lefties now that are, because they're all pull. Or, I mean, if, if even to a lesser extent, um, you know, celebrating um, a home run was considered showboating, and now like it's it's encouraged. So, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's just the evolution of the game, and it's trying to get an advantage any way you can. And the game is one big chess match, and you got to make your move. Yeah, and and you know, one other point with that too, Scott, is that I, you know, I think that maybe if the roles were reversed. It wouldn't be as big of a deal, but because Milwaukee isn't necessarily the Dodgers or the Yankees, you're going to get more flack for it. I think that there's probably been, um, you know, other examples that I wasn't even thinking of throughout, again, baseball history that will show the teams will do anything that they can to, to sort of increase their advantage. And I don't, I don't think the Brewers doing that last year was a bad thing. I think that, you know, again, Stearns was kind of using the cards that he was dealt and it's not necessarily something that we're going to repeat either. It's, uh, you know, something that maybe you, you do in 2018 and 2019, but not in 2020, and maybe other teams will adjust to it even. So um, I'm not too worried about it. I think that there will probably be uh, other things that we see over the, over the course of a guy like David Stern's tenure in Milwaukee that others might call into question, but I don't think, again, that you give up any um, anything that you can do to win. Uh, I, I think that you have to take if you're a team like the Brewers. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we did something that was outside of the rules of the game, like, oh, I don't know, um, hack uh, other organizations' websites to try to steal their <laughs> Right. I mean, it's not like we did anything <laughs> right. like that. that would, right. I uh, mean, that would no, be that wouldn't be very organization would, of the league, the Cardinals. I was going to say that that wouldn't be very classy, would it? But, um, yeah, you know, well, and, and here's the thing, though. I, I will say this. I don't think that the Brewers can rely on necessarily that same battle plan um, or blueprint for every season. Again, I think that they've got to they've, they've realize that maybe 2018 was sort of its own thing and then go with something else in future years. So I don't necessarily think that it's going to be something that the Brewers can do all the time. I think that you've got to 
mix and match, uh, you know, your circumstances for the year. You can't necessarily go into it with the same, same battle plan. Every year is different and um, every year presents its own unique challenges. And I think the brewers are going to have to react to that to a degree. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, even now, I mean, there were only a handful of teams. Um, I mean, I, that I could think of brewers, Rays, maybe the A's uh, that really, you know, started doing this kind of openers thing. And now it's, uh, you just feel like, you know, it's a copycat league and it's going to get a little bit more prevalent each year and you just have to do what you can to uh, stay ahead of the curve. And the only reason why I make fun of the Cardinals, by the way, well, I guess there's two. Uh, one is because uh, we play a four-game series with them to start off the season, and two is because I hate the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, and they totally deserve it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and just one quick follow-up point. I, you know, so I think that there's a um, – you know, you can't, if you're David Stearns, you cannot rely on that, <laughs> that uh, every year. And it's, it's just because the starting rotation of your team can't be overlooked either. So that's, that's the one caveat I throw out there. You can't just say starting pitching isn't important because starting pitching is really important. Um, so you have to look for ways to always buttress that starting pitching depth. But I think a lot of fans recognize that, which is why you hear a lot of people saying, you know, sign Keiko or get a starter somehow. Because um, any depth that we can add in that rotation makes it less, necessary to do stuff like that or you know at least put put less wear and tear on the bullpen um you know that being said again come back down to the fact that you do what you can with what you got so um yeah so that's that's my opinion on that yeah i'd love an ace that would be great they go for about you know 25 to 30 million a year, <laughs> right <so. laughs> right exactly so that means no grand all and that means uh you know, no uh, pay raises Stockist. for guys or no, no Moustakis or right. Exactly. So, oh, so there goes um, all your depth. The one thing that we said, you know, and, and is, yeah, is no depth. Thing. And then, and, and, and certainly eliminates any, you know, deadline acquisitions, which, you know, every fan is going to want to do come July. So um, yeah, I mean, last year we saw the Brewers incredibly active at the deadline. We got scope, we got uh, Moustakis, we got Cedeno, we got Gonzalez, we got Granderson, we got all these guys that, you know, we're able to come in because the Brewers could be a little bit flexible with their payroll. But again, if you lock all that money in one player or in one position, you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, Craig said, by the way, that um, we should never mention Scope's name again unless we're doing another Hall of Shame episode. So, <laughs> well, uh, I, 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 I'm glad we signed Moustakas because I was a little fearful that the Brewers' second baseman were not going to be able to match Scope's outfit, uh, output this year with the Twins. So, um, that's fine. We can, we can abide by the Craig rule on that. Although I will just say as an official caveat on the air that he was still better than Dozier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were, they were, uh, not good, but I don't know. What do you no, think? Neither one of them were good. Second. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's kind of an interesting one. I mean, we talked about, uh, you know, Shaw moving to second at one point last season and now it's Moustakas. I think, so I think that Shaw has got a really good uh, defensive ability at third base. So I can see why the Brewers are doing this. You know, Moustakis isn't necessarily going to be the most fleet-footed of second basemen. But that being said, um, you know, you make up for that a little bit, number one, because of the shift, and number two, because I think Shaw is that good at third base defensively that you want to pencil him in every day as your third baseman. Not that Moustakis is bad. In fact, I'd say that Moustakis is above average. I think defensive matrix uh, bear that out. But I do think that Shaw is excellent at uh, playing a defensive third base. And, you know, so that's why you keep him there. And uh, if you can add a guy like Moustakis is bad to the lineup every day from opening day until the last game of the year uh, at a place, especially like Miller Park, that is a huge benefit. And the defense, the defense will in some weird ways, take care of itself. Um, and I think it's also helped tremendously by having a guy like Orlando Garcia, a shortstop, who can cover a lot of territory. So um, that takes away some of the pressure, I think, on who's ever playing second base. Yeah, and I think second base is one of those positions in baseball that you know used to be like a wildly athletic position. And, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the way the league is now, they'd rather see Mike Moustakis there than Jim Gander. I mean, that's just the way it is. Right, um, right, right. Gander could do more for you, um, you know, I guess obviously defensively, but um, Mike Moustakis will hit more home runs in one game than Gander will in three years. So that's what they right, want. Right, exactly. No, no, exactly. Uh, and I, 
you know, I think that, uh, you know, kind of like what we were saying with the pitching, the Brewers are going to have to look at, you know, their home ballpark and, and their own team's factors rather than just what is even league average on stuff. And I think that uh, Moustakas' bat again plays so well in lower park that you got to um, find a way to get that guy in the lineup. And Shaw played a pretty decent second base last year. But again, with his value being so high at third base as a defender, I think that you keep him there and you move Moustakas. And, and, and you know that if it doesn't work out, you do have the option to at some point move Shaw if it's really that bad for Moustakas to play second. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and I think it'll work out fine. I mean, it's it's just another way of thinking. I don't know. Didn't this happen in Moneyball? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Scott, Hatt- Scott Hatterberg playing yeah, at first yeah. base after being a catcher for like eight years. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it's, uh, it's interesting. We're trying a lot of new things in Milwaukee. And, you know, we, for good or for bad, we're kind of raised in the Doug Melvin uh, prior to that, Dean Taylor prior to that, Sal Bando school of, you know, Brewers GMs that didn't really experiment a ton. And now we've got David Stearns who's experimenting all the time um, with different ways to improve the club. But I think that there's good and bad with that. But I think that obviously the results have uh, spoken for themselves in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I don't know. We've been uh, talking people's ear off for a while now. But, you know, I mean, we're getting close to opening days. So I know people are excited for it. So we try to make this episode a little bit longer. Um, anything else you wanted to cover? Well, no, Scott, I feel like we're pretty good. It's just, uh, what are you going to eat on opening day? And, and uh, what time should I meet you in the Miller Park parking lot? Uh, I will be there. Um, unfortunately, I will not be there, but um, I did. Actually, I got, Scott, I got an extra ticket. I, I actually literally have an extra ticket. So I'm assuming you're going you're gonna to be there. Um, well, I did take off work, and there's probably a 50-50 chance I'll be unemployed by then. So... Um, I well, guess that's we'll, fine. we'll have to play it by year. <laughs> yeah, that means you got plenty of time. You don't even have to ask for an off day. It's perfect. Just uh, hop on a flight to Milwaukee. Uh, we'll send our intern to pick you up at the airport, and uh, you'll be all set, man. I'll see you in Molitor, uh, Molitor 4. Yeah, yeah, stuff just in case. I guess we'll, we'll have to leave that as a cliffhanger and to be continued. Stay tuned to figure out if I go to Stay, stay tuned. And Scott, we did talk people's ears off, but we didn't get a chance to respond to our, our growing uh, list of email questions. So sorry about that, folks, but please continue to send in your questions. I promise we'll get to them soon. Uh, Brew Crew Review Podcast with an S at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, and continue to follow us on Twitter. We've got a lot of great banter going on every day with, uh, with our followers and other fans on, on Twitter. Brew Crew Review 1 on Twitter. Awesome. Great job, Vince. Yeah, no, thank you, Scott. Glad you could join us tonight. Uh, hopefully next week we get our host, Craig and uh, Chad, back on the set with us. Um, I'd like to thank our interns, Michelle and Clarissa, and, uh, and uh, our anonymous source, Tom Carter, and our longtime Twitter supporter, Vikram, uh, for all their support for this show. Um, so I guess that uh, we can wrap this up here. Scott, any uh, parting words for the fans? Um, no, just, you know, it's... Uh, we kind of started this thing because we were friends and we just like, you know, talking about uh, the brewers. We all worked, you know, with the brewers uh, organization and we all became friends through that. It was just a common bond. And, you know, at the end of the day, like any brewer fan is a friend of mine. And so it's just so fun to be able to share this, you know, on Twitter and, and YouTube and everywhere else, you know, and uh, be able to share that, that just all these fun memories. And I mean, what a, great season we had last year it's just it's great to be a part of it and it's you know if you're listening or on twitter or whatever you're doing um you know share this with your other brewer friends and uh you know more we could obviously always use more of you yeah absolutely well said scott and uh we're looking forward to coming at you uh, you know on a, on a weekly basis here going forward throughout the season and um actually before the opening day episode we will have one more um uh, interview episode we are going to be talking to uh, former brewers pitcher jason derocher in our next uh podcast so stay tuned for that stay tuned for our opening day preview uh coming up before the brewers take on the cardinals on march 28th in milwaukee at beautiful miller park and uh get your grills ready wisconsin despite the winter we're uh close to spring and better weather and uh and baseball again thank god yep we're almost there there's a light at the end of the tunnel so make sure to stay All right. tuned and stay classy. Stay classy, Milwaukee. We'll talk to you soon. Go Brewers.
Gobras. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. <laughs> nice job, Scotty. Hey, another. I think we went episode. over that. Oh, great episode! I think we went over that forty minutes or whatever, but uh, that's all right. Uh, the lady we never did. stopped us. Yeah, it never, uh, never did. Not sure what was going on with it, but I wasn't going to complain. I kept looking at the nope timer. It never popped up. It sounds good, man. Good work. That was fun. Yep, it was a blast. Well, so, hey, so if you get on that pod bean, let me know how much I owe you. I'm happy to to help with with that. So, uh, bill me and Craig a uh, third of the amounts or whatever, and we'll. I'll, I'll be happy to throw in for that. Yeah, I'll, um, I'm going to try to look at it tonight and stay up late because the dog is usually down by 10 o'clock. But last night she was up at like 1130. I was like, what? And then she woke me up at 4 a.m. And she, first of all, never comes over to my side of the bed. Like she'll walk like down and instead she's, you know, she's at the foot of the bed scratching and whining. And I'm like, oh, geez. All right. And so I let her out. Um, I let her over to um, the other room where she's got her potty pad. We're still training her. And she doesn't do anything. And then I'm like, all right, you go get your food and get your water. And so I like I open that door and uh, she walks past her food and walks past her water and just uh, goes and grabs a toy. And she's like, yeah, let's play. I'm like, what the? no, it's four fucking a.m. <laughs> If we, we're not playing. Doesn't, I'm going night to doesn't the dog? Doesn't the dog know that it's daylight saving? What the hell? Um, I think it threw her for a loop. Yeah, she didn't. <laughs> I don't know. The oh man, yeah, puppy well, iPhone doesn't uh, do that. It, it, it sounds about right, man. <laughs> sounds about right. Enjoy that. Yeah, her internal clock was all fucked up thanks to daylight savings. Uh, well. All worth it, man. All worth it. Yep. She's an adorable right. monster. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll keep sending pictures, man. <laughs> I will. Uh, all right, man. Have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again. See you, Scotty. Yep. Bye. Bye.